Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. We want to introduce you to women who, through their own unique vocations, are seeing what they do make an eternal difference. And we pray these conversations will inspire you in your own calling to honor God, to image Him to the world through your work, and to leverage your potential for His glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Women in Work is grateful to partner with Elevate as the exclusive sponsor of this podcast and the entire fall podcast season. Elevate equips and empowers families around the world by helping them create sustainable work through small businesses. Their leather products are beautiful and well-crafted. Please see the impact they are having in their products on their website at elevatepeople.com. And when you make a purchase, be sure to tag Women in Work and Elevate at elevate.people on Instagram and elevate.ppl on Facebook. Thank you, Elevate. Well, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Courtney, it's exciting to be here with you. It is. I'm glad to be here with you, Missy. Today, our guest is Jessica Hutz. We're so excited. Jessica and her husband, Brandon, run a social nonprofit and lifestyle brand that helps create sustainable job solutions for people around the world. This nonprofit is called Elevate. We're so excited to have you with us today, Jess. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's good to be here with you. So before we talk about Elevate, we would love our listeners to learn more about you. So tell us a little bit about where you are and just like who you are. Are you married? What do you do? You know. Totally. Yeah. I am in Lincoln, Nebraska of all places, just right there in the middle of the middle. And um, yeah, I am married. I have one husband. Um, that's all I can handle. And yeah, we love being from this simple farmland and both grew up in pretty, you know, small town context. Um, but I grew up in a multi-ethnic community. So it was just such a fun way to grow up. So we really appreciate being here, though we travel all over. Coming back to Nebraska just feels like our little peace of mind. So we love it. That's beautiful. That's awesome. So can you uh, share more about where you grew up in this multi-ethnic place Mm -hmm. that you lived? I'm so curious to hear more about that, if you can share. Yeah, so it's a a small town called Lexington, Nebraska, and had lots of ethnicities in my high school. I was the minority, primarily Latino, but lots of different people as well. And so I grew up just surrounded by people who didn't look like me. Um, And to me, that was formative. I loved it. You know, some of the surrounding communities um, did not appreciate the diversity in our school district, but I remember just being so changed by this, um, by my friend groups, by just getting to experience different cultures and celebrations. And so, yeah, it was an awesome way to grow up in a really cool community to be a part of. And we always had the best food. (laughs) Yes. Food from around the world. Oh my gosh. It doesn't get better than that. (laughs) That is so fascinating. Um, And I feel, don't you feel, I mean, just, we're going to tell our audience in a minute what Elevate is, but my goodness, don't you feel like growing up in that community really was huge in in starting Elevate? I mean, we're going to ask you this in a minute, but 
that just seems like it was a vital part of probably what you, what the Lord led you to do. Yeah, it really, it really was. I think if anything, like what we're not um, directly experiencing, it was more caught than taught. Like it was Mm -hmm. just my surrounding. So I didn't think a ton of it at the time, maybe, but um, it really impacted the way I saw people and just being around like high capacity people who didn't, you know, weren't from my same culture. And a lot of times you think you're from small town USA, probably you're in a community where everyone's like you. And that wasn't the case for me. And so it just really broadened me um, in ways that maybe weren't even super direct, um, but were more indirect. And it did help me. I fell in love with other cultures. Um, it's just like curiosity and loves the way people celebrated, like I said, different things and the holidays. And um, yeah, it just taught me a lot about hospitality and welcoming people like because they a lot of the latino cultures i was around they just did that super well and so yeah it really impacted um me but not as much direct but a little bit more indirectly like wow i didn't realize how much i love this until i went to university in a town that wasn't like that at all and then i was like this wow. just feels like a big part of like life is missing you know it was um yeah so it was definitely impactful jess did you grow up in a christian family Yes, I did. Actually, my grandparents were pioneer missionaries. So that sounds pretty oh, fancy, wow. but um, my grandparents uh-huh. were a part of establishing an aviation uh, ministry that would fly airplanes into tribal um, jungles. My grandpa paved airstrips and wrote protocols and trained wow. pilots. And so um grew up with that, you know, understanding of like missions and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, more from a tribal lens, but man, that impacted our whole family. Like we were always, my parents were always like, before we do extra, we always, you know, give to people, to missionaries or people in need. Like that was always the primary concern of our home, Um, which was actually really cool. Again, one of those things you don't realize that's what's happening until you grow up and you reflect on your life. But yeah, my parents helped walk me through um, sin. And I, one day I woke up and I just like knew, like, I am not okay. There's nothing I can do to get me there. Like there was like that stark awareness of my need. And my mom just walked me through that and like explained me the cross. And, um, you know, I embraced it at a fuller, more surrendered level, maybe in my twenties, but yeah, I had the, honestly, like the privilege and honor of growing up in a home where my parents loved each other. They loved God. And they were, they knew their lives were to be leveraged for his purposes, even though they worked normal jobs and we were like, maybe, you know, not super well off. I mean, there was this like wholehearted, like confidence we did have in the fact that we were alive for him and this world is in our home. Wow. Wow. Love it. All right. Well, Jess, before we learn more about Elevate and what the work God's called you to today, we like to do a little game that just three rapid fire questions um, to learn more about you. Um, so you ready? Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Here's the first question. As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, killer question. So this is ridiculous, but I thought I wanted to be a storm chaser. A what? A storm chaser? Is that like, I'm like, what? I don't think I'm brave enough today to do that. But I thought I was. I wanted to drive those ridiculous, like, like metal cars and like (laughs) a tornado from like, you know, really up close. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, that's so weird. But I'm like, I didn't really know like what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I did know I wanted to do something cool or something amazing. I just always remember that desire to like, um, yeah, not in like a prideful way, but just kind of like, I want to do something different. Like, oh God, would you use me to do something cool or something amazing? Like I remember oh. those words of, like a little kid um, going oh. through that. And so for a while that looked like, I want to go chase tornadoes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay. So then the second question is like your on ramp to coolness. What was your first job? Okay, not as cool as storm chasing, but it taught me a lot of <laughs> lessons about life. I cleaned homes with my mom. So my mom had a cleaning yes. business. And I got to go. She paid me more than she should have. Um, but she helped me to like learn, like, this is what it should look like. This is what not should look like. How to be honest and, you know, like, high integrity. Yes. People are letting you in their home and to do a good job. And so it was it was fun. We'd go and um, she would teach me how to do it all and double check my work. And yes. Yeah, it taught me a lot. And so, yeah, that was my first job. Beautiful. Bravo. All right. What kind of work do you want to be doing when you're 80? <laughs> 80 years old. Man, I try to think about this a lot so it doesn't shock me when I'm there. But <laughs> I'm like, we, my husband and I have this kind of dream to potentially start like a retreat center or some. I read a book once by, I think it's Eugene Cho or Chu. He's a pastor in the West Coast. And it talked mm-hmm. about, I think this was his book, but it talked about um, how he went and vacationed in Nebraska because there was nothing to do and like no distractions. <laughs> it killed me. And I was like, that's so true. I'm like, what if we ran like a retreat center where we could like have a small staff and then just like pour life into the next wow. generation of leaders for God in this place and to the nations and then just say, hey, we want to bring you in, love on you. We envision it having a big porch with rocking chairs. So that's all wow. we know, but it sounds exciting. That does sound exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, well, I would love to get into Elevate. So Jess, what is Elevate? Kind of give us an idea of the way you serve and the countries you serve and a little bit about the artisans that you partner with. Absolutely. So Elevate got kickstarted and my husband and I moved um, to South Asia um, like seven years ago. And we're really up front and close with a lot of severe injustices in our world. And that rattled us. Like we, hmm. we knew we would never be the same. We didn't realize that um, God would cultivate that into something that would be productive and, and helpful to families. And so wow. that really changed us. And so we got to know and became really trusted friends and family with a group of people that lived like five, I mean, in a city of you know, 16-ish million people. We found um, neighbors in this um, place that loved Jesus and they were um, wanting to make a difference in their community. And so we got, we spent enough time with them where we really developed trust. They started to trust us. We trusted them. And so we Mm -hmm. just started hearing their dreams because we learned really quick that we didn't want to come in and be the hero in these cross-cultural circumstances. We had read enough and I had seen from some experiences that like, that makes you feel pretty good, but like it doesn't always honor what um, God wants to do at the local level. And so Mm. we were like, okay, like what, so our dream literally before we knew Elevate was going to be a thing before we even had any real desire to start a business. It was like, 
um, our dream was launching dreams. So we wanted to hear mm-hmm. into local um, dreams. We want to develop partnership and have influence into that for sure. And But we didn't always know. Like We don't know what's best in most circumstances that we're ever in. And so we just wanted to be listeners and responders and to help birth dreams um, that would really be holistically transformative in the local community. And so that's what happened. They had said, hey, we have this vision for a leather company that would be more than a leather company. And I was like, cool. Like, what does that mean? And you guys, I was an education major. Like, there was no wow. right that I had to go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Like, great idea. And so that was really the beginning. So Elevate is a nonprofit social enterprise where we focus on creating at the base level um, sustainable, fair working conditions and employment for key people around the world. But really more than that, we're interested in those businesses being transformative at the local level. And then we use our profit to kickstart more businesses and now um, several countries around the world. So we're all into small business development. So yeah, we're, we get excited wow. about that and getting to kickstart dreams. So can you tell us how many are, are you working specifically with one country or how, how many, give us sort of a scope of what it looks like, and how long have y'all been in existence? Yeah, so that's a great question. We always ask that. Is it the day we started the company? Is it the day we moved India? But technically, you know, we, we moved um, about seven years ago and kind of launched um, then the brand maybe five, five and a half um, year, um, years ago. And so, yeah, we have actually been able to be a part of kickstarting 165 small businesses around the world in about 12 different nations. Um, One of those businesses is an export leather company. So um, most of them are chicken farms, um, chicken hatcheries, you know, transportation companies, women's beautician shops. So they're very diverse, but um, the leather company Um, The reason we designed a a brand and a logo and a concept for a social enterprise is because the primary way those products in that country are brought to market is through an export. Um, Exporting is really the way they bring them to market, and they didn't have access to the market um, on their own. Super challenging. And so we said, hey, what if we provide access to the market and we use our profit to resource those additional um, capital resources that are needed for those um, additional businesses. Well, look at the Lord giving you the cool job that you dreamed of. <laughs> it feels like a tornado. Yes. <laughs> okay. So here's often we like to ask people throughout the course of their lives, you know, we hear things, we have life verses, we, a certain sermon, a certain scripture will resonate with us. Is there a specific scripture that God used or gave you and you by yourself or you and your husband uh, that you hold to, or is kind of your theme uh, even when you were beginning or that you carry throughout? Yes, that's a great question. So I think it was more of like a concept and lens on the storyline of the Bible. So there's definitely a verse, but it was like, I had no idea. I mean, I knew the main character of the Bible was God, but I probably wouldn't have lived that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived as if I was the main character. <laughs> and so I was always looking for myself, you know, like, wait, what's 
care about me. And that like, and so there was a series of teachings that I listened to um, that changed me, realizing that from Genesis that God was about redeeming a multi-ethnic family for his glory. And so that made me excited. So Revelation 5, 9, 7, 9, that every nation, tribe, and tongue will be surrounding the throne and worshiping Lamb. And, and to me, I'm like, man, you're worthy of that. And so um, could you use us to to do something in a cross-cultural context? Um, and that was really big for us that we mm. were like, man, we love our part, but ultimately like we want to be a part of where, where God's going. And mm-hmm. um, we knew that had a multi-ethnic facets to it. Um, and so we didn't want to live within our own um, little world, you know? Uh, we wanted mm-hmm. to be part of that multi-ethnic family um, picture. And so that was really um, the, the verse and the set of verses, I think, that were the most formative, but also just that greater narrative of what are we even doing here? What's God doing here? And that's that's what we want to be a part of. I love, love that. Yeah. I mean, it's so missional um, what you guys are doing and to think now that, that you're making a difference in 12 nations and you just live in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so if if women are hearing this, and they're really thinking, wow, you know, I want my life to count for the nations, for what God wants to do around the world, to love on the people that he loves around the world. Um, I mean, I hear your heart. And I think if I were there, I would be, you know, super overwhelmed by, oh, my goodness. I, I don't even like how did how practically how did you even know how to start? You know, you said your background was education. Was your husband in business? You know, because if people go to your website, which is what, elevatepeople.com, is that it? Yep, Um, exactly. If they go to your website, they are going to see beautiful products, leather, beautiful things. Got listeners, we're going to include the link in the show notes, but you're going to have to go there and see these products. They are gorgeous. I mean, bracelets, handbags, all kind of beautiful keychains, everything. So how did you go from, oh my goodness, you've met these believers next, you know, your neighbors to doing what you do today? Like, give us sort of like the practical, how you knew how to begin. Yeah, I think a lot of it for us was being in tune to God's voice and being in tune to God's people. So we wanted to be responsive to him ultimately, but we also wanted to be responsive at the local level. And so um, that was really, they had requested, we want more sustainable, um, non-foreign funding dependent ways to um, make a difference in our community. And that's a challenging question. There's plenty of good reasons why we have um, partnerships going and we dispatch resources to people around the world. Um, But we wanted to be a part of a different different kind of solution or way forward. And so um, we saw business as a viable, um, sustainable option for that and leveraging the marketplace and um, getting to create um, sustainable and fair work environments in places that are um, impacted by um, systems of injustice systemically for a really, really long time. And um, so we just wanted to create small businesses that would honor God and honor people. And so it was really, that was it. And the, the Elevate was was our first pass. You know, it was like, can this work? Um, can we do this? 
And so what honestly happened is that these artists, they were the ones that were skilled. They were the ones that already knew leather. It was their passion. It was their idea. I was the one that didn't know what I was doing. I was like, you know, I worked in corporate fashion for like 30 minutes and was like, this isn't for me. Um, So I knew more of an activator, more of a leader. And, and I just knew that wasn't my space, but I, and then as God would have it, I find myself with a piece of paper and a pencil trying to draw something that people would find valuable that would meet Mm -hmm. people's needs. And I was a woman, so I was kind of like, okay, I wished I had a bag like this, or I wished it looked more like that. And so I was able to just put some, um, pen to paper and draw something. And then we sent it, um, to these, our partners and, and they nailed it. It was beautiful. And we wow. just like looked at each other, my husband and I, and we're like, this might be a thing. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. He's an education background person too. He has more. Um, so no, like he's not qualified either, <laughs> but he, uh, he's learned a ton about business and being profitable and also um, what it means to honor God in business. And so we just tag team. Um, and I'm the director and he really facilitates our international business program. And we just kind of learn early that we are the body of Christ. Like I am not good at these things. And so just would kind of, as we were able to craft roles, add team. Um, and that's why everything we do is in the context of team, because man, like we just, we knew early, like, cause we were tired <laughs> that we were like, man, that's why, you know, God didn't design us to get at this alone. And so that really, um, our how to, it wasn't a how to manual. It was truly like a, we were there to be responsive to God and responsive to people. And that unfolded steps in front of us. Um, so I think that heart posture really helped. Not that we always nailed it, but it really did help. Yeah. It some sort of a yeah. Wow. Beautiful. This is, that. yeah, this has got to be really, really inspiring to other people. Cause I'm inspired. <laughs> so Jess, how do you go about, um, connecting with partners. And I've, I mean, I know that that has to be quite a process. I'm sure there's even been challenges involved in that. Can you describe that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So that first business, it was about proximity. Um, and then we realized if we were going to have any type of greater impact, we weren't going to be able to live in every place that and know every partner specifically. And so what we did is we um, we have contacts that we connect with, that they have viable, trusted partners for, you know, 20 plus years um, sometimes. And um, we, you know, establish partnership. It's all based on empowerment and on uh, what we call kingdom-centered businesses um, that are going to usher in the kingdom on earth. And um, yeah, so we form local teams. So our local training teams are, um, so the, the, how to launch a, a business in a community. It's all done from the local, um, team that we help establish. So we actually coordinate and work with them and have quarterly connections and annual targets where we set goals and trajectories with those teams. So really everything we do is in the context of that local team. So we build into them, trust them. So it's not just one person. That was where we had seen some things go, um, just, go a little bit wrong sometimes you only have one viable connection that can speak English mm-hmm. or communicate back with you or have the capacity to, to handle things up. We just, we grouped it in teams. So they hold each other accountable to the bylaws and just like their functioning and, and how they um, run their businesses and select participants. But we knew we wanted to get our training out of English as soon as possible. And so they facilitate training at the local language, local level, 
and they can they just have a lot better idea of things than we do. And so that was really our process of forming partnership is slow. Mm-hmm. It's based on sustainability and empowerment. And then we did realize early on that's not what everyone's interested in. Some people are interested in um, quicker projects or different things that um, we don't provide. And so we have like a, a vetting system and, a, okay. um, you know, so that, that really does help when it comes to actually solidifying partnerships. That's awesome. And Jessica, just as a side note, um, you, you mentioned uh, a kingdom centered business model, that kind of thing. Um, are the people you work with, are, are you finding that somehow the Lord is connecting you already to believers in Christ or are you guys going in and meeting people that like need the gospel or how does, you know, how does that work together with what y'all are doing? Yeah. So, um, mainly our participants and people that we engage with are part of the faith community and, um, but yet our businesses are all built on kingdom principles. So on, um, we want to usher in the kingdom on earth. We want to care for the poor and they all get at that differently. So we didn't want it to just look one certain way. Um, so with the, the leather company, um, not everyone that works there is a follower of Jesus and, um, yet they're intentional about living their faith and, um, in their atmosphere. And at the same time, they have, um, different projects and programs that are running from their profit. And so they have, um, communities they're helping and kids they're investing into, and they're actually kickstarting more businesses for people that they're identifying. And, um, so yeah, our key partners are, um, you know, part of the faith community and connected to our greater mission, um, just because we align, on how we view the world and how we want to treat people. And so that matters a lot to us. So it's not about being exclusive, but it is about um, making sure that the people that we partner with are um, just like-minded and that we can agree that, yes, we are here as image bearers of God to go um, just bring the kingdom to earth. Awesome. You know, that makes, that reminds me, I've been told a lot of times that, you know, discipleship is working when you watch people that you disciple, discipling other people. And so, you know, when this kind of thing is working, when you're watching the people you're training in business, begin to train other people and help them kickstart their own businesses. So it's beautiful. It's pretty amazing, really, to think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, well, Jess, I feel like, you know, I mentioned your website. If people go to your website or they view, uh, view your beautiful Instagram account, I mean, they might look at that and think, wow, these people have it figured out. Look at, you know, all of these <laughs> amazing things that God is doing. But I'm sure there have been times that you thought, is this going to work? Is this going to happen? Um, are we on the right path? Was there ever a moment where you doubted or you thought, I don't know. I don't know if this is what the Lord has. Can you just, I feel like people just relate so much to struggle. You know, was there ever a time that you guys struggled and how did the Lord kind of bring you through that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the times where I have struggled the most in kind of cultivating is when I, when I, and cultivating our team and growing our impact and direction is when I stopped tuning in primarily to God's voice and his trajectory for us. And when I start looking around, I mean, I think wow. that's so many people's issue. It's like we start looking around yeah. and I realized that like the, the, the noise of the world and what this person was doing and what success looks like to them and to them and to them, like 
our driving mission just isn't the same as a lot of social enterprises. Like it's just not, it's, you know, um, and so for me for a while, um, I, I'm tempted sometimes to be an imitator and, mm. and early it was like, no, I want our designs to be unique and I want to, so I would just kind of like check out of what other people are doing so that I could, um, you know, some people are the opposite. They need it. They get inspiration from variety and looking around. And for me, I just, I needed to go, Lord, look, what do you want us to do? And how do you want us to be different and um, to create our uniqueness and contribution in this? And um, so we've remained to be um, a social enterprise, but under a nonprofit, you know, functioning status. And we give away most of our profit, which just to the kingdom, you know, business launches. And so it was just like, man, like that limits us from being competitive in a lot of ways. It eliminates a lot of some opportunities we have to, you know, partner with people who just like cost more money. Like we don't have those yeah. same because yeah. of what we decided to do. And at the end of the day, if I wouldn't have been hearing God on that and our team hadn't been tuned in to him, like we'd be waffling. You'd be like, we'd be disillusioned. Yes. Sure. But because we were hearing him, we're like, well, then he's going to come through on things that he's going to make happen because... So, yeah, I feel like if I if I look around too much or um, do some of that, I can I can get really disillusioned. And mm-hmm, at least right. now I know when it's happening. You know, it's not like it doesn't happen anymore, but I can um, identify that it's happening and kind of go, OK, yeah, I remember this. And this is kind of where we um, we need to recenter. And I'd also say, like, um, it was just hard for me to shut off, like. I think I was trying to make it matter instead of trusting mm-hmm. in those building block stages um, yes. that it did matter, even if we didn't look like this or our website wasn't like that quite yet. And, you know, or whatever it was, every stage felt exciting. Every step felt scary, even though um, they all seemed kind of small. Um, sure. But yeah, it was like, I, I did, I just wish somebody would have told me like the whole process is what God loves. It's not mm-hmm. like, once you get to this threshold or have this many artisans you're working with or wants this many businesses, then it's going to really matter. It was like the process of us just like attempting it for God mattered. You know? I love that. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel this is, I, you know, throughout this conversation, you've mentioned several times that you listened to God's voice and it was God's voice that really kept leading you. And I feel like, you know, that really is such in line with our vision at Women in Work yeah. is to see women confidently step into their call, God-given calling and, and view their work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. And um, to me, in my mind, with that vision, um, to see them take those steps, it's steps of faith. It's it's steps of a, a, that come from abiding in Him. And I mean, yeah. that takes me right to John 15, that apart from him, yeah. you can do nothing. But when you are in him and abiding in him, he is going to bring all this fruit. And so I just, uh, it gives me chills. I'm um, thinking about that passage and what you're saying and how you guys are really living that out. And and that just like you said, every pro- every step of the process is meaningful. All of it is because mm-hmm. it's all about your heart before the Lord. And one of our big values is viewing work as worship. And um, it just mm-hmm. seems like what you're saying is so in line with just who we are that, man, you are worshiping God by partnering with these people and making leather bracelets. I mean, someone might not, you know, they might wear that bracelet and have no idea the heartbeat that went behind it and that that was a form of worship um, on your mm-hmm. part and hopefully for the artisan as well. So 
anyway, I just, I love connecting with people that, I mean, oh, thank you. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so awesome. Well, Jess, let's talk for a minute. I really honestly believe that all women are multitasking through life. <laughs> None of us are sitting around just responsible for one thing or just doing one thing. So what does this season look for in your, look like in your life? Like I, church, ministry, home life. What are What does this season look like for you? Yeah, good, good, good question. My husband and I don't have children. Um, and so most of years, you know, this one's been different, but like most years we're traveling up to a third of the year. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So we are touch and go with our home <laughs> Um, we have family all over the world, but yeah, it does mean we had to kind of go, what is home for us and how do we get in touch with that? So we have deep community in our team, um, mm-hmm. experience really deep and intimate community in our team. I'm thankful to have great, you know, inner circle, um, group of people. And most of them are connected to the ministry in some way. I mean, not beginning, but I don't know if they've just kind of been like, well, I want in. So they're just cool to together and then um we also have like an awesome neighborhood so we moved to a specific part of the city here in lincoln that we wanted to be a part of it was a front porch sitting crew and we were like that's Mm. like living missionally and just like life's reduced to be easy when we're home because we knew if we lived over here we had to like go somewhere to like be like on mission i don't know if that makes sense like that we were gonna not get around to it is just like we're, our pace yes. is intense. We're building team. We're actively building team, um, and all of those the things that come with that. We were like, we just want it to be right outside our front door. And so um, it's funny. Everyone hears me talk about the front porch. It's like famous. So it'll be like, be on the porch, like Breakfast Club or whatever. Like wow. I got I walk across the street, like singing the Temptations. I just chime in, and we think we might, you know, like like let's start. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I love that. <laughs> it's just like these funny things that we were like, man, we want life on mission to be on our porch. And so yes, that was really fun. So yeah, we're a part of a church family here in Lincoln called City Light, all focused on making disciples and multiply. And so we just feel honored to be a part of that family. And so we mm-hmm. love our pastors and, and the mission and trajectory. And so, yeah, life's pretty, has a pretty decent clip and pace, but you know, my husband and I realized early that um, we wanted to be the types of followers of Jesus that we wanted to reproduce. And we didn't want to be like strung out and crazy, like if, if that makes sense. Yes. We wanted to be yes. like rooted and yes. established. And so we have rhythms of rest that, man, I feel like I sound all put together. Trust me. Like there are plenty <laughs> of places where it's like, whoa, like what step am I skipping? Because I feel like a hot mess, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's some of that that's core to to us, too. So love, I love, love that you said that, too, that you are intentional about reproducing yourself, which is because it's really easy to hit the streets and love it so much that we're not we don't have roots. But I also love that you said you have rhythms of rest, which if you're going to reproduce yourself, you want people to recognize that it's not just about running around. And making disciples, but really spending time. So that's really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much of what 
there's so many aspects, I guess, of what you all do. Is there one thing, I mean, you mentioned even, you know, sitting down and kind of like drawing sketches of bags and stuff that you would like. Is there a certain aspect of uh, your ministry that you particularly just feel like, man, this is my sweet spot. This is just God put this in me. I love it. I feel most centered in, man, when I'm doing this, this is what God made me to do. Is there something, some part of that? I'd love to hear your heart on that. Yeah. So far, I feel like I've identified maybe three core elements to myself that, that are fun. I love um, developing things. So I love developing strategy programs, like how are we going to do this um, partnership and, and creating outcomes from it? And like what communities are underserved people do we want to, to reach out to? And, and I love thinking about that, making those things happen and handing them off to our team to cultivate and to, um, to keep going and deepening. Um, so I love that. I love creating processes that are going to be impactful um, to people from far beyond who I can impact. So that's I'm probably primarily a developer, someone who can spend a decent amount of time sitting in one chair, focusing on one document that I think could maybe um, be useful to people around the world. And I love that. And then throwing it in front of our team. Um, kind of second, I love like communication, mobilization. Like I love um, getting to share God's heart for all people and um, our mission here and what we're doing. But like mm-hmm. uh, the Lord gave me kind of like a, a calling to make many ready. Um, so just to get new mm-hmm. people on to be ready for um, mm-hmm. not only his return, but just like for, for life and just like, how do we live ready and in trajectory and in alignment with where God is going. And so I um, just feel really passionate about getting to do that in ways that I, that I can here and there. Um, but then I also, I love leadership. I love working with a team um, to produce um, results that are far greater than what any of us could do um, apart from the sum of the total, you know, like we just yes. realize that individual parts working together is really greater than the sum of the individual ones. Um, and we actually do that. We function that way. We really go team and it took us a while to understand what that meant and how to really unlock it. Um, but yeah, really feel, um, passionate about some of those things. So have you studied the Enneagram very much? I'm curious to know if you know what Enneagram number you are. You know, okay. So I don't know on this because people would maybe say I'm a one, but I'm like, I feel like one scare people. Like, I don't feel like I'm scary. (laughs) I'm like a potentially, uh, I don't know what the words are for that. I don't, I have not spent a ton of time on the Enneagram, but I am a kind of reformer at heart. I love starting things and transforming. When I see a problem, um, I can't like, there's nothing inside of me that can like let that happen. Like I just want to be a part of making that different in some ways and passionate about that in a few different elements and areas. But it's like, Man, I think that's probably what people would say about me and what I probably am. But we actually we use a different personality assessment that breaks who we are and how we tend to think, feel, and function on three different levels. One being our serving and how we contribute to the world, how we relate and interact with people, and then also how we recharge and like what we feel that the oh. world doesn't see. So that's kind of a tool we use um, and lean into a ton on our. What is, can you share the name of the tool? Yeah, it's called Personalysis. So um, not necessarily cheap. That's why I'm like, I sometimes I'm like, man, this thing, I'm like so into it. It's so informative and helps me a ton. 
Um, but it's kind of pricey and you kind of need someone to walk with you through it. But man, as far as people who lead a team, I would say you got to get your team into this tool and to have someone become an expert in it because it's fabulous. Very cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I do lead a team, so you got me for now. Hey. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. <laughs> so I know part of your job and the experience that you have, you have to hear stories from time to time about people whose businesses have really just impacted their lives, their communities. Um, what changes or what what are some of the things that you've seen and you get to rejoice really over in the lives of some of your artisans who you partnership with? Yeah, that's great. I mean, um, starting with the leather group, um, I was just listening in. My my husband and the facilitator of that in-country leather working group um, led a, a webinar together. And lots of people were on this webinar from all over the world. So just to see our um, leather partner just like speaking with confidence about what it means to love mm-hmm. God and run a business, I was just mm-hmm. like, he was influencing you know, hundreds of people who people who wow. are listening in on this. And I was like, that's, and he was confident and like, just like articulate. And I was like, that's really cool. So that was just like recent, yeah. but also mm-hmm. um, on another kind of scale or level that I think is just as exciting. Um, there's um, a, the one that's coming to mind right now is a man and his family in South Asia that are not literate. And so they did not have the opportunity to learn and school traditionally. And yet he wanted to start a kingdom business. Like he wanted to wow. start a business to, um, to be the light in the hands and feet where he was. And, and so I went through um, kind of like a verbal training and learned how to manage wow. resources through kind of like an envelope type system rather than mm-hmm. specifically. And it was adapted and it's been extremely impactful. He actually was wow. recognized by the government and got additional wow. training because um, he was wow. so successful in his chicken hatchery that now he expanded to ghost peppers, goats, um, quail eggs. I mean, it's just, wow. to me, I was just like, that's amazing. There's a lot of stories from all those businesses, you know, whether it's um, a honey farmer in the Himalayas to um, him in the, you know, kind of the flatlands. Um North Africa, there's some different examples. So it's just like a huge honor to see people step into their identity and mm-hmm. to like really embrace that empowerment mentality. Like, hey, I, I think I can do this. Um, and being like, you absolutely can do it. It's not going to be easy, but like we, we, you know, we can work together yeah. to get to there. So I think that's the most exciting is when we see our partners not timid around us anymore and not intimidated, but it's just family mm-hmm. and they feel um, seen and they feel valuable. And they're like, yeah, like this is what I bring to the table and this is what I'm here to do. And um, they just walk in it. And it's, in- it's inspiring to me for sure. It's got to be. That's the first thing that came to my mind. That you have to be inspired to go to work every day mm-hmm. because you're not dealing with statistics. You're dealing with people whose lives are generally changed. And that can have such a huge generational impact. Yes. It's beautiful. And don't Absolutely. you feel like, I mean, just as you're talking, I'm thinking of how much you're so proud of these people that you're investing in, proud in the right sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I just think about the heart of God taking us 
some of us, you know, from the shadows and really bringing us into the light. And that's kind of what you're doing. Yes, you're just yeah. bringing them into the light with that confidence and that empowerment of like, I mean, that's what he does with us. You know, he puts the spirit within us so that we can walk in him with confidence and boldness um, and do what he's called us to. So I just love how it even just, it just sounds like what he, his spirit does in us. So it's really beautiful. Absolutely. Totally. I just on that note, like I used to get really intimidated around people who are boldly and confidently walking in their calling. Um, so I used, that used to scare me seeing other women so confident and pointed. And I was like, uh, that's amazing. And that used to scare me. Like, when am I going to, and I didn't realize that it wasn't so much about what they were doing, but who they knew. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah. They knew, they knew him. And so I was like, yeah. now when I see that in people, like, it's just cool to go like rock on. Like, I love that. <laughs> but I always wanted to be in that place where I could be genuinely happy for other people who are in their boldly, confidently walking, this, walking in the spirit in their areas and their places. And it wasn't me for a while because I was just like always looking at that and then going, wait, like, I'm never going to get there. I'm not going to be there. And it's just like. No, it's, it's not about like what they're doing even as much as who they know in the midst of what God's called them to do. So, Right on. Right on with that. Well, I mean, that sounds like a huge way that the Lord has grown you. Is there any other aspect um, as you've you know been in this process now for five to seven years with Elevate that you feel like, whoa, the, this I can look back and say, man, I am different in this particular way. I mean, you just hit on the confidence issue. Or even in your marriage. I mean, you and your husband are working together. And that's that's a huge thing that probably comes with challenges. Um, I don't know. Is there something that comes to mind that you would say, wow, I'm giving gl glory to God because he did this in me in this particular way? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of things. I think, yeah, um, we have one thing challenges we do with our team every year. It's where we go and say, Hey, one thing you're, you're nailing, you're, you're doing well, just like some words of affirmation, but it's also one thing that like, you might need to like look into this or like work on this and it's vulnerable. Um, but it's really good. And a few years ago, team kind of was like, like you're gripping onto this thing so tight and it's not making you a better like team member or leader. And, and that was like hard for me, but I can sincerely say I'm facing a few things even now, just like discernment things and, and trajectory and team elements of things right now. And I'm like, I don't feel so in charge anymore. Like I used to feel like, even though I'm maybe even in charge of more, like I might even have more territory than I had a few years ago, I feel less in charge of it. Um, and I think it is that, that part of like the healthy stewardship, but also um, one of my mentors and Here's another thing about women walking in their calling. Like some of my mentors are men and I respect them a ton, my husband and just like speaking life into me and just like you clearly, you know, and the, one of my, my main mentor is um, a man that I serve with and, and old enough to be my dad, but just like so wise and so profound. But he, mm -hmm. and I get to the point where I'm at the end of myself and just remember those words mm -hmm. of you know, this is right. And it's, it's dependence. Um, this is the Lord's wow. never graduate dependence. And I was That's like, true. dang it. I want to graduate from being dependent. <laughs> like I really want to do this on my own. <laughs> and, um, so there's always that voice in my head going, this That's is so about, good. yeah, this is about leaning into him and letting him. So I still don't have, you know, more of an idea how to handle most things, but I also know that like, 
that's the point and how yeah. God is calling me to lean into him is more important than getting mm. to the outcome. And yeah. that yeah. and serving from that place of a centeredness is like, it's, just, it's God. Like I just, I was angsty trying to matter. And mm. that is like him because that is not me. So yeah. Oh, amen. Well, glory to God. It's huge. So what are some of your greatest hopes and desires for Elevate as you look forward, if you were to imagine five years from now, not when you're 80, but in five years, what are, what are you, what are some of the things you see um, as you continue to grow and serve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few things we're exploring right now would be um, what we're calling maybe a fancy business word is like category expansions. Like is the, is God calling us to open up, some more export channels to potentially mm. um, partner with some groups um, in the Middle East and then others in South Asia. And so it's just kind of like, man, like that could be cool. So no answers on it by any means, mm-hmm. but something that mm-hmm. makes us excited um, to think about. We love being able to provide qual- high, high quality, meaningful and functional products to the world yes. um, because we just believe that um, more isn't better, but that better um, actually equals less, but it just costs more. But then you're you're actually covering the cost of people's lives, <laughs> which sure. is really important wow. in fashion, which is not usually considered. Um, so a lot of our people mm-hmm. are making our things like their lives aren't factored into the cost. And so we are get really excited about being able to provide people with a few more products from the Elevate line. Um, they may need a few more of their daily needs or gifting needs or whatever that could create, um, you know, business opportunities from the profit and also um, impact the artisans' lives. So that's something we're excited about, you know, kind of just discerning on if that's the direction we're going to go. But we love thinking about being able to bring even more um, products to to market and the, kind of the name of all of those things and the things that drive and motivate us. But I think also... Um, we are eager to, I mean, growth for us looks a lot like obedience. So that's how we think about it. So we're not mm-hmm. just hitting a certain target or of sales or influence or brand recognition just because, like, we sincerely right. like, man, like, God just put us here for a, like a, for a specific reason that we want to be obedient to. So we're just excited to see kind of the trajectory of how big does God really want us to get and what kind of brand um, influencing growth does he want us to to get at? Because um, none of us are convinced it's like a national level thing potentially. Right, like, right. Also, right. Um, but man, I didn't realize that. I thought that was like when you made it, you know, but for us, it <laughs> yes. looks a lot like obedience. And so we're just like curious, if anything, to see yeah. what it's going to mean for us in the next five years. It's really cool. Well, we all know that God's economy is completely different than anything we can even <laughs> think or imagine. Okay, so uh, you, how, what is your favorite product that you guys um, sell? And then how can our listeners partner with you? How can we get your favorite product? So good. Okay, I have a few favorites. One okay. is the, I'm super loving right now, something we call the DeMarco crossbody. It's like this great wallet. You can like cinch it up and wear it as a belt bag, a little cross. 
like take it all the way down and it's like a cross body, but it's like a wallet. Okay. It's between a wallet and a clutch size. And it's just super cute. And I, okay. I'm like kind of addicted now. I can't go back. I like, <laughs> which I'm supposed to be doing other products. And I'm like, dang it. Like, I don't want to like my stuff out of this to put it in another bag because I love this bag. So yeah, it's called the DeMarco. It's super cute. Great one. To okay. Add your birthday anniversary, you know, list or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So good one on my daily, like, um, totes. So I bounce between two different tote bags. One of them is the traveler's tote, which is our total original leather suede on the backside tote. I get a felt like insert for the inside of it and drop it in. So it's still organized, even though it has like a really raw leather tote look. Um, there's one of our originals, but has a, you know, grommets on the bottom. So it stands upright. So I love that. Okay. And then another working woman bag is, or mom bag for sure. If you have, um, kiddos is the utility bag. So the utility bag goes cross body shoulder bag, or you can, it comes with all three straps. You can wear to the backpack too. Okay. Luggage straps. You can throw it on your, you know, your carrier strap because I saw, so many women in the airports, like men, it was like these sleek leather things and they slide right over and they go to a meeting. And I'm like, why are all these women's hands cramping like in the airport? Like, exactly. Like, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> like, yes, I love it. I had seen them in a cloth bag before, but never a leather bag that you could just pull off and head to a meeting or wherever you need to go. So we kind of started designing some around luggage strap compatibility. So that one has that function too. It has some organization and a zipper on the top that the, the traveler's tote okay. doesn't have. So that's the utility bag. Also wonderful. Those are my, my go-tos right now. That's, and these all can be found on your website? Yes. All can be found on the website, elevatepeople.com or Instagram, elevate.people. Pretty sure you got a couple purchases happening with us. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing, um, just to follow up with that, since you guys are a nonprofit, if someone, I don't know why they wouldn't want to buy one of these adorable bags, but if someone just, you know, was feeling really generous, could they just donate money? Could they, you know, how would they, you know, just say, hey, I just, God's put it on my heart to really give a large sum to you or even a small sum. How would they go about doing that? Yeah. Yeah. A great question. Um, so on elevatepeople.com, there is a give button. If you scroll to the bottom in the footer of the website, and there's a give button. And when people give, that goes directly to training and capital resources to kickstarting more businesses. And so, yeah, we have whole regions and teams that need funded. We have individual families and people that need resourced. Um, so the Elevate Leather products um, right now resource like 25% of all of the things that we do with the, the business development program. And so giving makes up 75%. Wow. And so it's a great collaboration. Okay. We feel a sense of sustainability in that. And that if giving stops, like Elevate does it, you know, that kind of thing. So it's really a great um, um, yes. for us. And just like also leveraging um, involvement for people in different ways. Like when they purchase a bag, um, a generous portion of that goes to those trainings and business startups, but if people give, it goes because of Elevate, being able to, in the sales of leather, being able to cover all of our overhead um, expenses, 100% of that gift is going to the field. And um, people are more than, you know, if they want to um, email us um, to inquire uh, about them more before they give, like we'd love that, but also um, just people knowing that, yep, 100% of giving is directly pointed at training and capital for for people around the world. Perfect. 
Okay, well, we are going to wrap up, but before we do, we are just wondering, as, as you kind of think about the women who might be listening to this and feel that, you know, God is calling them into something, um, whatever it is for them, is there just one piece of wisdom, advice, warning, encouragement, just kind of one closing kind of word, I guess, you might give to these women who just, their heart is to honor the Lord through their vocational calling? What, w- what would you say to them? Yeah. I would say that kind of going back to maybe what I even said before was just that the process matters to God. The risk matters. The faith matters. Mm. And sometimes I think it matters potentially more than the result. And so to, to take a step, mm. I always just envision the Lord and the way that he feels when I'm risking, uh, yeah. when I'm stepping out, when I'm asking that, that mentor, if they'll invest into me. Um, like he so enjoys the thrill of watching his children step out for him when they want to glorify his name. Um, and that's our heart desire is to glorify him. And um, so he just, he loves watching you walk it out. And that, um, you know, that's so much a part of the point. And yeah. for me, I just missed that for a lot of years. So I, I love encouraging that into, into other women. I mean, it's beautiful. So many things you're, as you're speaking, my mind is just going straight to scripture. And I'm thinking about Hebrews 11, you know, the, the mm-hmm. faith chapter. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. And it's kind of the flip side of what you just said. But when we are walking in faith and we are just putting our confidence in him and saying, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I'm just going to try, mm-hmm. Lord. I just feel like you're leading me to try and I'm going to trust you in it. I mean, he is so pleased with that. And so I think that is such a beautiful way to end this conversation. Just we're so happy that you came on. We're so happy to be connected to you and just thrilled to have our listeners know who you are. And ladies, if you were able to come to the Women in Work Forum um, in Nashville in June and were able to be one of our VIP guests, you actually have a bracelet from them. You have their slitted bracelet, beautiful bracelet. We were all just like, oh my goodness, we need that. Everybody loved it. So when you wear that bracelet, know who it came from and um, tell your friends about them. Follow them on Instagram and social media channels. And um, Jess, thank you so much for coming on. We love your heart and your story. This has just been such an encouragement to me. Wow. Thanks for the opportunity so much, you guys. And thanks so much to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website at womenwork.net for today's show notes. There will also be more information about today's conversation there. And while you're there, take a look at the Women in Work podcast discussion questions. We provided those so that you can lead your friends from work, your neighborhood, or your church into useful conversations that will encourage you as you take your next step of faith into your calling. If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to miss an episode, please subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'd also love for you to take a minute to rate and review our show so more listeners can find us. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time.